everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 30, Football Manager with Zealand. Hello, Big Chillians. Welcome to a special interview episode of the Big Chill Podcast. Today, we are joined by Zealand, who is a YouTuber, streamer, and football manager expert. So I'm going to let Eddie kind of ex- just get into it because I'm going to be completely honest. I've never played football manager, but it's interesting because Zealand is also American, but it's heavy into a game that's arguably more European centric. So I'll let Eddie take over so we don't sound like we don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Sam too, because in a way, Sam and I, like our friendship together kind of bonded over a love of mutual love of football manager, maybe, what was that now, nearly 15 years ago. So kind of a topic that's very close to our hearts. But maybe that's an interesting way to get to get going, Zealand. I know that there is some popularity for football manager in the US, but how did you get into a game already obviously a sport that's kind of not a minority sport in, in America, but not as popular as others, but definitely how did you get into a like very niche game to the level that you're in it? I think the biggest misconception about soccer in the United States is that it is some sort of niche sport. Uh, there's a, a national poll that shows that more people in the United States consider soccer their favorite sport than hockey. Uh, it's still behind baseball, but it's you gained obviously a significant amount of ground on, on baseball. And then you have basketball and, and football. It's just way off in the distance. But I think that the while the, the climate has changed inside the United States with my generation, really, I mean, my generation and the people that are just younger than me is the generation that now makes up essentially the entire U.S. men's national team, uh, because these are the kids that grew up playing FIFA and watching the Premier League on weekends. And, you know, my dad's generation or people 10 years older than me didn't grow up watching the Premier League on the weekends. They didn't grow up playing FIFA, really. And so those are the two things that kind of open the door for you into the sport. And then I've, I've played FIFA career mode a lot and to the point that it got fairly easy, right? Like you get super comfortable with the way FIFA career mode works. You can essentially win anything in a couple of years. And uh, one of my friends that is very into finding new games and the challenging games and such. He said, you know, there's another game. It's like FIFA career mode, but it's, it's better. Right. So we downloaded it and then I open, I, I would open it. And if you've never played football manager, it's very, uh, very overwhelming. When you open it for the first time, there's a lot of different tabs and super detailed breakdowns of things. And you have to hire your whole staff, all this stuff. And so the first six or seven times I opened the game, I would just close it. And then eventually, for some reason, I opened the game and didn't close it. And, you know, played out of save for 10 or 12 years. Uh, won the Champions League with a team called Celtic in Scotland. And, in, and that was that was essentially it. I think after that, I've sunk at least 25% of my waking hours into football manager. And it somehow turned into something productive, which is nice. Yeah, no, so that was about not... 12 years ago, he said he started. Oh, no, no, this was uh, FM 14 was the one that we bought then. I, um, okay, sophomore year of uh, college, freshman <laughs> or sophomore year of college, so, somewhere in there. It was in the start of college, yeah. 
so there was a long period of my life where I had no idea what the game was because it's not marketed in the U.S. at all. Is something to play. No, I, I had never heard of it until I'd heard stories from Eddie and Sam kind of discussing all these epic fights and battles they would get into, you know, about the game and, and things like that. And that was the first time I ever heard of it. And I was like, wait, what's this game? And then, of course, they have to give the explanation. That it's like, you don't actually play the game. You're managing your team. It's completely different. And that, that I think, is a concept that many Americans, like, not that maybe they wouldn't get excited over it, but to, like, just sit in the background, I think that's awesome. Like, I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. But I can see a lot of Americans be like, you don't actually play the game? Like, what the hell? But it's, 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 I think it's a cool, a cool part of it. I, like, I, I mean, we actually have, we actually have a mutual friend who works on the baseball equivalent of football manager out of the park baseball. And it, it has actually always stunned me in a way that us sports, which kind of lend themselves more to the sort of statistical analytical approach that you could have with football manager. Like it's, it's more natural in many respects. Um, that it's never really taken off. Even the same in England, the fact that the kind of equivalent of football manager for cricket, which exists, which again, you would think Ooh. kind of more naturally lends itself to the sort of decision-making, like single play aspect of, um, you know, the kind of nature of the kind of game that you're playing. But again, it's the, the fact that it's, in a way that it's taken off in a sport that you would have almost thought is least suited to to what it's actually trying to achieve. I, I just think that the reason football manager is such a success is because uh, one, the team that puts it together has kind of perfected the concept for 20 years. And uh, two, I think the sport actually, it, it does lend itself to this level of detail because so out of the park baseball, I, I think is really for the numbers geeks, right? Because baseball is numbers. It's all numbers in real life i mean i watched moneyball a couple weeks ago for the second time in my life and it's you know you, you can lock in on numbers completely and build a really good baseball team uh in soccer there is this abstraction and i think where football manager succeeds so much and kind of captures the imagination of people who play it like yourself right uh, it is there is an element in football manager of gut instinct of this kind of fog of war of you, you have all of these attributes, but you can never be quite sure what is affecting somebody in a particular moment. Is, is Miles, the guy that makes the game, who I've gotten been able to meet and talk to a lot recently because of my newfound internet relevance is the best way I could describe it. Uh, he, he is super into that. And the only thing he'll ever tell me with this stupid, coy smile on his face is you know, everything affects everything. I'm like, how does this affect this? And he's like, everything affects everything. And I'm like, bro, that's the answer he always gives me. So I think that's where football manager is able to succeed uh, in making it more, more than the numbers. Um, as for the other part of the question or the, the first half of that, where you're talking about Americans don't really like the management games. I know EA tried to come out with like football coach like EA, do you, uh, yeah. do you remember this? It's like EA football. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think I bought it when I was like 10 years old. And they just they kind of flamed out. And the way Miles worded it to me, the, the, the guy that makes football manager, and I'm going to continue to bother him to market it more in the United States. But the way he worded it to me was Americans would rather shoot the ball themselves than tell someone else to shoot the ball. Yeah. Americans like to be the hero. 
that's why FIFA is so so popular. But there is a large number of Americans to play football manager. The second highest popular. I get super unnecessarily detailed analytics from YouTube, right? The second highest viewer base for the videos is the United States. That's that's surprising for me. I mean, in a way, it's not obviously a huge population and a growing football culture there. So it kind of doesn't surprise me from that perspective. But just because I would have thought the sort of existing uh, sort of user base of football manager would be because I guess part of your success has been in a way I, I came across your content just because at the beginning of each sort of like version of football manager, I'm always interested to see what the new features will be and sort of what the changes will be like and sort of maybe what's going to be different this time around. That's sort of how I stumbled across you. And I guess what surprised me at first, and maybe for the, I probably spent a few years always looking on YouTube for, for that sort of content was that for such a popular game, there was actually not really a thriving sort of system of, of culture, you know, that weren't that many people producing videos or whatever about it, apart from just the very basic aspect. So, I mean, maybe that, that what, how did you end up deciding that that was going to be the game that you were going to sort of create content about? Oh, it's the only game I'm good at. Yeah. That, so that, that's <laughs> <so> simple. <laughs> yeah. I, I am, I have, um, <laughs> what I could only describe as situational blindness, where when I play first-person shooters or something, I will not see people right in front of me. I play Among Us and walk right by dead bodies. I mean, I am just not a good gamer in that sense. I, I work hard in some ways because now being a streamer, I like to play first-person shooters with people every once in a while. I have friends that are very good first-person shooter players, like streamer friends, and they... They'll be like, you know, I, I was doing aim training for a while. I'm still not good. I'm now not as bad. But the only game I was good at, I started streaming on Twitch just because I played video games a lot on my computer. And then I was like, well, the, the only game that I could play and like explain to other people and kind of be better than other people so that they would want to watch in my misconception of how you succeed on Twitch was Football Manager. And so I just started playing that uh, on Twitch. And that was kind of it. And we, I'm assuming we'll get into the whole YouTube stuff later, but that was a whole other thought process about how to start churning those videos out. Yeah, for sure. Even Twitch to me, that's kind of like a bizarre universe, right? It's, it's a, an aspect that I'm not really all that familiar. We actually have a friend of ours who just started streaming. Uh, he's playing uh, various first person shooters and kind of trying to get his, his, uh, his Twitch to take off. How did that go for you? I mean, were you just logging in for a while and stream, like starting your stream and no one was watching you or was it kind yeah. of instantly you had a couple friends or? No, I, um, I told, so I started streaming in April of, of 2018, my senior year of college, my last semester of college, my fourth year. And I told people my my extended family, the vast majority of my friends, uh, through like an Instagram post that it was something that I did in March of this year. So I didn't exactly do like the first step that a lot of people would recommend. It's like the you know get your family and friends to watch. Get your I didn't do that. I, I just kind of lived this other life where I would just sit down on my computer and just turn it on. And yeah, for the first couple times, I just sat down and turned it on. But I'm. I, I've always liked 
entertaining people. I, w I was like an actor in middle school. I didn't do anything relevant, but like that, I did that for a couple of years and would drive back and forth to Orlando to go to auditions and had some agent who I have no idea where that girl is now, to be honest. Um, life's weird that way. But I, I'd always been, I think I'd always been drawn to that, that, being in front of people I was comfortable with at sports broadcasting or on TV, lights on, making people laugh, right? Uh, like that, that was always something that I enjoyed, I was comfortable with. And so Twitch was this natural extension. My friend, um, Anthony, who's the guy that introduced me to Football Manager, literally set up OBS for me so that we could stream while we were playing together. He just stopped streaming. And then I figured out how to get a webcam on my phone and just kind of, it was $4. Well, what? It was a $4 app. I didn't pay the $4 initially. So there was an ad banner that would go across my forehead every 20 minutes. It was great. <laughs> Nice. And I well, like a droid cam kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would I would prop it between the desktop and the, the the keyboard, and it would sit there and look up. And there were these like water pipes on the ceiling in the background. My phone would overheat, and then I would have to end the stream. But I, I, I you know, wait. I, were you in? Uh, were you in? Were you in Sam's apartment doing this? Or yeah, I mean, <laughs> look at look at me right now. I mean, <laughs> it sounds it sounds like I've got some of the makings of it. I've got the water pipe. So I just need the uh, the endeavor need... to play football manager streaming. Yeah, <laughs> Use its skill. I, I, I would not like, truth be told, I really don't know how I got from there to here. I, I think it's like any good science experiment. You have theories as to what helped and what didn't and what, uh, what, what caused it. But I do know that for a very long time, I didn't really succeed at it much at all. I enjoyed getting on talking to five ten people um maybe 15 if we were lucky having a good time and that that did not change one bit until the youtube started so that was always just and i tried everything i streamed every day for a couple of months i would stream for six hours three times a week like i switched it up all the time i don't know why I just always assumed I was going to succeed at it eventually with no evidence to support that theory for a very long time. That's pretty admirable. Admirable. Basically. Yeah. Well, blind faith. And, so, and so what made you do the switch then? For, well, not the switch. Cause obviously you continued to stream, but what made you then decide to kind of also make YouTube comment content oh, at the I, same time? I wrote a horrific, embarrassing DM to FM base. Is oh, they yeah. had, I'm, I'm looking for it right now. I'm going to try and find it. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so I was streaming and noticed that there was a stream team that had popped up. And I, I, when you sit here now and it's a business for me and I understand the analytics, I understand the algorithms of the websites, I understand. Um, I watch YouTube videos constantly from guys like Devin Nash and Harris Heller and these people that they understand the business. And they talk about it. So when I look back at me thinking that if I got on the stream team that I was set, like I was like, if I get on the stream team, they have a Twitter account with 30,000 followers. They're going to tweet me out like, oh yeah, this is going to be the big time. So I saw them and I was like, here, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So here we go. I, I wrote this DM and I'm going to, it's, it is eight paragraphs. So I'm not going to, uh, the, the sections are, uh, section one is, so you Twitch. Uh, section two is what's your job and how do you have so much free time to do this? <laughs> um, the third, the third section is, but does your stream suck though? 
And each one of these has multiple paragraphs under it elaborating on the topic. What can you guarantee? I promised at least three hours of FM every single day, which is a horrific idea. Uh, the final section was, so you're American, which is something I've been explaining kind of ever since. And, and I think I just overwhelmed them because they were like, yeah, sure, join the stream team, whatever. Because it was just like five or six British dudes averaging 10 to 20 viewers. You know, like, what, who, who is this kid flying in with this DM? Do you think uh, they read the whole thing or do you think I, they just, do you think they just gave up and was like, oh man, this guy's persistent. Let's just give it to him. <laughs> just, just, just for posterity, I'll come to you and pay. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's just incredibly embarrassing. I read, I read it to my stream one time. That's the, wait, that's not uh, hold on. I have like, like a, I have a limit on the. Yeah. That's just the first one. <laughs> I'm attempting to paste the DM into the chat on the zoom and it's literally so long that the word limit on zoom cut it off uh, yeah, it's not it. not a great should, sign should we do what they just say and just say yeah we get it we get it you're good dm from a streamer like this before thanks for that let me talk it over with your partner and i'll get back to you asap and they got back to me and they're like sure so I was on the FM-based stream team, which, because adults are more childish than children, eventually blew up for a whole bunch of reasons that I honestly can't even remember. I wasn't involved with, by the way. Um, but, like, I just, because everything is in England. And so by the time I woke up, it was just over one day. But before it ended, the guy that owned the website, FM-based, was like, hey, anybody want to do a YouTube channel? You know, you end up in your life and there's, like, a... I don't know why. I was just in a good mood that day. I was particularly optimistic that day. I'd never made a YouTube video in my life. I'd never done it. I had no idea how to do it. Um, I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And literally, right now, November is 13 months after I said that. I mean, that's really impressive because I was watching a few and, and there's some really good production value in there. I mean, you look like you've been doing this for, for years and years. I, the key is uh, <laughs> when I go to the bathroom, I've got these books full of quotes and you really think that that doesn't like help you at all. But I, I got the, the Wayne Gretzky one from one of those books, which is the reason that I ended up on the stream team. The reason the production value is so good uh, is if you're not smart at something, get someone who is smart at that thing. And so I, you know, I'm a decent editor. I learned how to do it. I, in my other life as a sports broadcaster, I worked as a associate producer for the last two Olympic games for NBC, uh, which means I'm like editing things. Now I'm not one of those like super elite editors, but they, they, those guys make six figures and sit in their own cushy booth and a couch with like eight screens. I'm sitting out in the bullpen, like rough cutting the stuff for them. But I know, I know my way around Premiere. So I edited my own videos until about March. And then this guy reached out to me and was like, Hey, um, I, can I edit for you? And I was like, You're a saint. Absolutely. Like I watched he, I knew what he was doing. Did he send you like 46 paragraphs asking if he could edit or was he, no. he just cut to the chase? <laughs> the chase. I wish I knew what platform he reached out to me on. I could like find the message because that would be pretty, because we are like brothers at this point because we're just in the trenches. I mean, you're doing three videos a week. I am always filming a video, reviewing a video, 
yeah, that's basically it. That's. <laughs> I was going to say that was but like those tension are two really up. important no, I was, things. I was waiting for a huge tension. Yeah, no, that was, that was like that was that was it. Then I'm packaging the video, which I always do like at two in the morning because I put that off, and, and that that's like writing the title, the description, all the putting the tags in. Um, but he, I, I basically I just invested in him because he was similar part of life. And, and so I initially struck a deal. I was like, hey, man, I'll pay 800 bucks a month, two videos a week, and we'll do that. Right? But what I didn't take into account is like in the United States, we make a lot more money because we pay a lot less in tax. And so that 800 a month was like 40% of his entire income. Like he got a job out of, out of high school and was working as like a computer programmer. And so one day, way too late, I think like three months, three or four months ago, I was like, hey, you're like, what would it take for you to go full time? And he's like, oh, I'm only making like, you know, $1,250 a month. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, I could have paid for you to go full time a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, he was it, like, my number for going full time was $650. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's already yeah. full time. I basically, you know, there were, and he was, he would be the first one to tell me, like, there were better editors than him out there, but they were professionals, jerks, and I would have just been a job to them. For him, and for me, this is kind of, this is like a, a grow together situation. I, I picked that out and I was like, man, I'm going to double what you're making just so you're like, I'm going to double what you're making so your parents won't give you a load of crap for leaving your job to be an editor full time. And he was like, okay, you know, that's a huge decision to, I, we've never met, uh, you know, it's all been <laughs> happening. that is a crazy thing to think about. And so yeah, never I'm, met in person. <laughs> exactly. I'm convincing this guy Reese to go full time. I, I wrote up a contract. My dad's a lawyer. I was like, yo pops check it, like he worked this contract out and i like sent him a contract i'm like look this is completely legit like i because i know his parents like if they were my parents they'd be like there's no way like you're not yeah you, you, this is not happening so i said the contract and i was like i offered to speak to his mom he said that wasn't necessary in the end but <laughs> you know, he's like my age but I'm, I'm 24 so he was you know you're still kind of in the orbit at that age like you're, you're there but you're not no no 100 percent and also, you're, I can understand also from his parents' perspective, not only is it joining this kind of random person he's never met, but also in an industry that I'm sure to many parents feels very foreign to like any other generation. If you're not under 30 now, the concept of streaming and YouTubing, and then you're just the editor for that video and that somehow you could make a career out of that seems incredibly, incredibly foreign. It's yeah. foreign. Yeah, but but that's the see. I that's the thing. I'm going. I go through the same thing all the time. Um, I, I deal with every everyone from your grandparents. So I, I had a grandmother who you send me clippings of stuff. She passed away recently, so rest rest her soul. But this I love this story. Is I would I would try and explain what I did, and she was she was all there mentally, razor sharp, like but 92 years old. And I'm like I stream. And so all of a sudden, I would get these packages in the mail with these newspaper cutouts about Netflix and streaming on like streaming services. And I'm like, well, thanks. It's, it's close. It's yeah. close, but no cigar. Match, kind of thing. The, the words matched up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the 
word streaming is in there. Like, I'm so sorry. And, you, and maybe she was just being in the same way you were optimistic about your own career. She was just being even more optimistic for you and was just thinks you're one or two months away from having a Netflix series where you just play football manager. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought you were going to go with he was going to start the next Netflix. <laughs> he was oh, going to no, start like one, the new no. thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a little bit too corporate far off. Like, like this that, is like a baby step. <laughs> well, what was that one they just that just went bankrupt that all the celebrities were doing, like the eight minute videos that you would have on oh, your phone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like the big one. Had a weird name. Bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, I forget. Quibi, right? Quibble yeah, Quibi. Oh, like uh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Rest yeah. to the Quibi. No, that could have been you. That's she was trying to make you do that. <laughs> yeah, apparently. No, she, she had no idea. She had no idea. I, that was high, and then eventually just kind of gave up. I learned a lot about Netflix, though. Um, yeah, I read a lot of articles about Netflix. But it's the same with like, so you meet a girl, right? And she's like, at some point, this is why it took me so long to connect my Instagram to the actual brand of it. Because when you follow each other on Instagram now, what's the first thing they see? A link to my Twitch. Is that really my opening line? I, I don't know. I, I've, I've had some weird kind of funny conversations about that. She's like, oh, do you dye your hair? And I'm like, oh, she just thinks you're ninja. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, no. I mean, he's very wealthy and very successful. So I'm, I'm actually surprised that they don't just think you're like living in your parents' basement and like never see the light of day. Those, are, those are the, the, those are the other ones. They're like, yeah, okay, her, her, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like hopelessly addicted to World of Warcraft. Not that there's a problem with that, but there's definitely a no. stigma about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, it's really funny. I think. The, how do you explain your job? It's like, I I just say I'm a YouTuber and hope they don't ask what about because then it's just going to get even weirder. Yeah. Them, yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing you touched on, right? You said Football Manager is the only game that you're good at. At what point did you think that you were legitimately good at Football Manager? Four or five months ago. Like I'm not okay, so way after you started <laughs> streaming. Oh, way after I started making videos telling people how to play the game. So uh, what was like the epiphany moment when you realized I'm actually pretty damn good at this? When I started to get, so I've always left all of my DMs open. And I, I kid you not, I still answer all of them. Um, and the only, I mean, that, yeah. we can kind of attest to that fact, right? Because you answered ours. So yeah, true. Um, and I'll just I usually do it while I'm in class. I'm sorry, professors. Uh, I'll be sitting in the back of the class like, okay, here we go. And I'll open up the like Twitter or whatever. Um, and I just, there's so many people that are so bad at football manager. It's in like a loving way with the questions you get sometimes. That was really what drove the epiphany is, um, I, you know, I, I didn't realize it, it's kind of like hiking up a mountain with your head down and then all of a sudden you pick your head up and you look backward and you're like my god i know like everything about this game whether i can apply it or not is another question because there's so many levers you got to remember to pull but in terms of understanding where essentially everything is i'm rarely surprised by things which is hard to have happen in a game that's got a million things that can surprise you every once yeah. in a while it happens but did you, um, so a couple of these DMs where you said people are bad at Football Manager, could you tell us some of the bad ones and see if it correlates to my experience or how bad I am? Oh, uh, no, no. There, there are people that, 
and I think they're just very young. And this is the interesting thing about the internet. I don't know whether it's like English is your fifth language or you're six years old. Like, uh, and, and that's no problem. Like I only speak English. So I give people, anybody that can speak English in another language, I give them incredible amounts of credit for being able to communicate. I took Spanish for 12 years. I grew up in Florida. I'm hopeless. Uh, <laughs> there are just some people that are like, Hey, um, how do I buy Mbappe for less than 200 million? And I'm like, Sam are, you, Sam, are you embarrassed that you sent that question no. now? I, I'm taking notes because I thought it was possible, <laughs> but seemingly not. <laughs> so, see, I'm learning. I'm learning. Like Sam this. was like, I thought my English was good. <laughs> no, you're, I literally didn't know that you like English wasn't your first language. That's not what I was I was referencing. No, no. My joke was more that that's the kind of basic uh, football manager question. Sam and I have at the start of every year, there are three of us, not Frank, uh, another friend of ours. And going back for, for years now, we start a file together. And I'm a Blackburn Rovers supporter. And every year we start, I'm the Blackburn, I start with the Blackburn Rovers manager. And then whichever division they are in at the time, Sam and our other friend choose a team in that division. And um, Sam usually lasts around maximum two seasons before he just gives up by that time he's usually been sacked at least three or four times from uh, different oh, no that's too much that's too much i wouldn't say it's that much i think it's a hard game to play i mean ollie the our mutual our friend who plays with us he holds the record he once managed to get sacked four times in a season which i thought was almost impossible just because you you'd think they gave you you know 10 matches just before they decided to pull the plug um he's also the but, one that is now on twitch <laughs> yeah. not football manager though <laughs> not a football manager though oh no there, there's a lot of people that just the, you, you don't understand maybe a basic principle of the game essentially like where i would have been at if i if i was dming somebody when i was opening the game and not actually playing it if you open a game and you're just like uh why are why like why am i not finding any good players to sign and then you're just like you know how to find your scouts and they're like no and then people will play the game for a surprisingly long amount of time not knowing how to do anything that's what always blows my yeah. mind he's like oh i've been playing for years i keep getting fired this game sucks and then i'm you know where do you know where your scouts are and it'll just be like oh you scout and you just go okay uh here let me let me yeah. let you know <laughs> I think that goes back to your point about the the overwhelmingness of the game is that when you've played it for so long, you just remember the components that you need to use on a regular basis. And sometimes you can kind of like shun out the lesser ones or maybe even like forget the newer features as well, because you got, you get into such a habit of spacebar continue, spacebar continue, because you know you're not doing anything that you forget to actually just look around. I think when I watch your content as well, even just hovering over things, and forgetting how much info just hovering over like an option in the tactics or um what overlapping will do um the overlap underlap kind of thing that you spoke about is like just what they'll do i i wouldn't go that level into it um that's my problem is that i get a bit too reactive with it i'm like everything's going wrong need to change things up and it's not the case so well it's going to be even better this year because they've got xg in the game so you're going to be able to see in plain English how bad you've been screwed or how lucky you got because they have the analytics in the game. And I hope they add a lot more in the future, and we've talked about it with them. But 
uh, they're starting to actually add analytics too, which is going to make, you know, your readily available information. Hopefully that'll help you relax a little bit because there is some, it's like playing poker. Sometimes you do everything right and somebody hits a king on the river and you're, mm. you're doomed. So, yeah, exactly. That kind of uh, touching on what you both said in a way about the game being overwhelming. What's the aspect of the game that you think people tend to spend just too much time because for example i consider myself to be a decent football manager player there are things that i do never touch or i can't be bothered to ever deal with and i think that i can get away with them what what is a part of the game that you feel like the average player might spend too much time sort of getting really heavily involved in and that they could either ignore it or delegate it mm. and maybe the answer is nothing typically if someone is bad at tactics they will overcompensate by ticking literally everything and for me this is like a very regular thing to see this but i'm talking like when you see so you have your tactics screen and you see every player and then on the left side there's all the instructions in three sections and when those instruction things are completely full and you are not napped who is the tactic creating god of football manager i have never met this person i messaged them on discord to talk to them about various tactical concepts they fill up the left side too but people that struggle with tactics will assume that you have to tick everything and uh, you can really succeed by doing that but you're much more likely not to succeed by doing that because the vast majority of people that do it don't know what they're doing you know pass into space obviously everybody would love to pass into space right but what is that button actually doing to help you so i, I mean i play with like barely any instructions on if you ever watch a stream i've got like four or five and that's it and life is good i think it, there's something that people can leave alone is those freaking instructions you and i this pains me to say this you can leave your staff alone too you'll be okay you have interesting to one yeah interesting you you have to do your own scouting, though. If you want to succeed yeah. long term in the game, you have to, and it can be daunting, you have to actually take control of those little idiots and move them around the world and get them to look for the people. Yeah. I think it's so easy, especially if you go to a big club where the scouting A range is, you know, completely unrestricted, but also they've got like 10 to 12 scouts. That can be quite overwhelming to be like, I'm going to control these. You know, whereas if you're someone maybe slightly lower league where the restrictions are maybe like Europe, that could probably be a bit better. But I think Eddie usually is like a default. You would fire <laughs> like almost all of the staff at the start. So for me, it depends. So now with Blackburn in the championship, I will keep my staff for the first season. I don't even look at it. This is my personal approach. Year one, I don't even touch them just because I'd rather focus on assessing my squad and figuring out what I wanted to change. And I've tried in a way to, in the first season of any new file, to be to make fewer changes because I found that in the before I used to get in and, and want to like sell every player, bring in a whole new set of players, change my staff over completely. And now I, I'm kind of a little bit more conservative year one. Staff I don't touch. I kind of see them ex their contracts expiring, hopefully a few of them at the end of the first season as the opportunity to, to bring more people in. But I guess I would kind of agree with you in the sense I, I've, I've yet to really see where my where having world-class staff translates into my team performing all that much better. So, and just replacing a, all of your staff just is, is pretty tedious. And that would, I guess, 
I got it because you kind of touched on it with the tactics thing. I've got an interesting question for you. And not to sort of shame any football manager players who might end up listening to this. Do you consider importing a tactic to be a form of cheating? Oh, no, not at all. People get way, way, way too worked up about, you know, this, like, oh, I won the World Cup with San Marino in 20 years and the greatest player of all time. Like, first of all, you obviously cheated. That's, it's literally, it's impossible statistically to do that in the base game. Beside the point, people get way too locked in on pain in this game in particular. Like, you have some, for some reason, you have to suffer. Like there, there's this contingent of people that start with no coaching badges, no playing experience, and they're in like Indonesia. Oh, you're, you're, years. I, sorry, hold on. You, yeah. you're, you're speaking to them. <laughs> yeah, I will. It, it's victory through pain and suffering, right? <laughs> like, if you get a great enjoyment and sense of achievement out of it, then do it. But if you just don't want to spend the time, not that it's a ton of time, you figure out how to learn learn how to set up a basic tactic for yourself. Download it. It's a it's a game. Download the tactic. Have fun. If you want to edit the database because you want to have the next Messi on your bench, do it. It's a game. Have fun with it. Uh, for some people, that'd be boring. For me, that would be boring. But if it's really exciting for you, then do it. What about this isn't Call of Duty? Like I'm not playing against you, you know. Yeah. What about importing short lists? That's fine. I mean, I shoot. I I would be shoot. I'd be kneecapping myself. I make those videos. You know, ten wonder. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is true. Most of these things that you call yourself call people for cheating, it would it would kill your some of your content. (laughs) Your videos would just be go do it yourself, and it would be. uh... Yeah. What if I did that? 10 wonder kids that you need to sign in FM 21. Just kidding. Find them yourself. Enjoy the game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There's your next video idea. We've just shaved. We've shaved, saved you a little bit of time and shaved you. Now, now you don't need that editor. You can, you can keep the money. <laughs> so I guess good opportunity in a way, because I think you've maybe had a closer look. I think at this point, maybe, a, or at least no more details about the, hmm. I know at first when are you going to say no? Because I know you get you say people say you've done this and then you haven't. Have you, are you still in a position where you're just like everyone else? No, <laughs> but I can't talk about it. Okay, but yeah. the, okay. then in the level that you can talk about about the upcoming new version, what are the kind of aspects, the new features that you're most excited about? Match engine. The match engine. Uh, I'm going to make a video. This is literally the next video I'm filming. It's not the next video that's going to come out. That, like, I am in love with the changes that they've made to the match engine at the heart of the game uh, in terms of the way the players move, the way the players finish, uh, the the concepts that they've used to structure the match engine based, you know, compared to last year. Uh, they, they have introduced a couple of mechanics uh, one for goalkeepers and one for for outfield players that I think are really going to make it feel a lot better. Uh, I, but I'm I'm most excited for the match engine. Uh, I, I think that that was what they were able to do virtually more so than a lot of the other graphical features kind of stuff. They were able to work on the match engine pretty intensively, and they and they had a completely virtual setup ever since March. Um, 
and I think that's what they were able to focus on as a result. And then it shows. It's, oh, it, that's going to be sick. That's exciting. Personally, for me, I never. I know that there's a whole aspect of the FM community that really wants the kind of graphical improvements. I've never totally understood it in a way that I guess I'm still sort of nostalgic for the old 2D. I mean, fundamentally, when I actually first started playing Championship Manager, it was just text. So the even the 2D yeah. revolution was was something. So like I can remember going back to just watching little highlight text pop up on the bottom of my screen and and feeling like I could still sense how the game was going, which I think was the most bizarre aspect. And even with 2D, I remember playing with friends and you felt like you knew if you'd scored a good goal, which sounded insane to say about like 2D dots moving around on your screen, but you kind of felt, you could sometimes feel proud of the quality of football that you were playing, which is so bizarre. Um, but it's exciting to see the match engine because to me that in a way is the, and then I know you've spoken a little bit about how you, the changes in the way you'll interact with your players. Seemingly that's kind of been not revolutionized necessarily, but sort of big steps there. I, what I want as purely guilty pleasure for what I play the game for is the, is the experience and the stories. So the more you can bring that to life, I mean, I also like love winning, right? You, for some reason, you get this crazy endorphin rush from just winning in Football Manager. Right. You like go get a sandwich out of the fridge and life goes on. But the ability to interact in a more realistic way and what I really hope they add to the game is so when, I, when, I, when I'm talking to a player, let me be sitting in an office. Let him walk in and sit down and have that like... I, FIFA's got a few things like that, and, and I never want Football Manager to become FIFA in terms of the way the game is structured with ultimate teams and that sort of stuff. But I think graphically, the more you push yourself in that direction, uh, off the field, the better. I mean, on the field, it's going to be in, it's impossible to get to that point. I mean, you got people playing on computers that just don't have the processing power to handle that. So even if you had the financial ability to motion capture every mo every move ronaldo's ever made with his hair you can like you couldn't put it in football manager but if you can get it off the field because it's a manager game you win in football manager off the field what you watch on the field is the result of all of these little things you've done off the field that gave you a 0 0.1 0.2 percent yeah. better chance to win you signed this guy or you made this guy happy or you didn't piss this guy off uh so when those interactions in those boardroom meetings and those scouting meetings signing contracts if you can make those and they're doing a better job with gestures now you can like hug people and like dap them up and whatever but if you can put you if they can put you in that room i think the game goes to a whole new level and that'd just be a completely guilty pleasure no idea how feasible it is love that that makes sense. To me, one of the things I've never really understood, I've never seen the translation between when you're a favored personnel of someone to how that changes their interaction with you tremendously. Like you can have a player who absolutely loves you, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel as if that always converts into more loyalty in any way. Not that it necessarily should, right? You could play for Mourinho and love it, but then you decide you don't want to play for Tottenham anymore. There's, there's no reason, but part of me would hope that that might at least make the player take a little bit longer. Like to have a player be like, you're my favorite person in the world, but I'm handing in my transfer request because I've just thought of this idea. And sometimes it sort of feels that way. And it, and it would feel nice to, 
to kind of have a relationship with your players, even if the reverse, they hated you and just wanted to leave because they don't like you at all. That would also feel very realistic. Yeah. I mean, that, that can happen. I think what's happening in the first scenario is there are hidden attributes on players. So one of those hidden attributes is actually a tandem. It's loyalty and ambition. And so typically if you end up with a player that just wants to leave, the ambition is really high and the loyalty is low. So even if they love you and if PSG comes in, that's where they want to go because they're a really ambitious person. Ambition's a double-edged sword because it actually helps your player improve faster too, but they will want to leave faster and they will demand more money and contracts and everything. It's very realistic, I think, in that way. Yeah. Now, touching on the kind of uh, work inner workings of the games, maybe you'll know this, maybe you won't, and maybe it is a complete myth. But one of the things that I always used to hear, and this is probably going back about 10 years, when people will complain about the number of late goals that they experience in Football Manager, and the excuse that I always used to read was that the match engine kind of predetermines a likely result of the game based on your tactics and your lineup sort of at the start. And then you can mildly influence that over the course of the game, but in a way it will try and correct for to get closer to the predetermined result at the end, which means that there's an increased likelihood of late goals. This is an explanation that I read several times that may have just been completely made up by someone. I mean, multiple people and then spread like wildfire. And this again, it's probably going back 10 or 15 years based on the look on your face. It is seemingly not true. Well, there's just like, (laughs) there's just a point where you are never going to get a perfectly statistically accurate sample size of people actually scoring 1v1s in real life compared to how many people actually score 1v1s in football manager. They they match the two up and try to, you know, so how many times did somebody score a goal in the last 10 minutes in real life in every league in the world or, you know, pick your leagues? And then how many times in football manager did the match engine have a goal in the last 10 minutes? There are so many different factors that would affect that. But the core principle of what you just talked about is is kind of right so the match engine is all ones and zeros it's all uh, well obviously but it's all numbers it's uh driven by ai and what the match engine's goal is is to present you with what the numbers say should be happening so when somebody wins uh, uh, somebody dribbles by somebody on the left wing all of the attributes came together in that moment the fitness the sharpness levels of the players to say that guy's going to get by this guy. And then the match engine's job is to just show you that guy getting by the guy in front of him. And so it is predetermined really at the beginning, you know, what the odds are, but that's hidden under a veil. And then obviously the changes you make can affect those odds. It's ended under a veil because if you saw that, it would ruin the game completely. You know, they, they, they boiled all of the attribute numbers and the fitness and the, and the morale and how good your team talk was at the beginning, if they boiled that all down to one number, that was your likelihood of winning the game. It would ruin the entire game. They could, that's how it works, but that that's just not that. that you say this, I, I, I did used to play with an uh, online game with a guy who literally just holidayed all of his matches, but in Zin, he would play the in-between, set up his tactic and then just holiday the match. He had zero interest in ever watching it. Now, I, that always blew my mind because I assumed even if you set up your tactic, it somehow might have an influence and like change the outcome. So it's not like you're getting a true result. But he just literally said, I, why would I want to sit in people? Who, like, I, like, I enjoy the transfers. I enjoy setting up the tactic aspect. I don't care about sitting and watching them. 
I mean, you get a worse chance to win because you're not the one making the changes. You have to believe you're smarter than the you know, whatever your manager's attributes are in the game. So if you want, if if you actually play the game, you have a higher chance of winning because you get to make the changes. But one thing I find with the game is when you have more human players in the same league, the it almost throws up more random results when the human plays a human. It always seems to there always seems to be like more goals or more more controversy or more like events happening in a game. I don't know if that's it's probably a superstition. Like everyone's got specific stupid superstitions. No, but right. what you're saying is right. This is this is an actual thing. It is so Playing Look at Sam's face. Sam's I, he feels I, so vindicated right now. No, it's yeah. just mind. It's like a mind blown. But the amount I of times knew it. where you see <laughs> these examples of people like in like I think Eddie was talking about it as well, where you've got like these twenty team Premier Leagues where everyone is a human player, and you'll just see one team lose every single game. I've I've experienced that in a twenty team <laughs> league where I was Crystal Palace manager and I did not pick up a single point until February. And I felt like I was decent at the game, and I felt like my, even though I was, I was Crystal Palace expected to be relegated, but not quite as dramatically as I ended up being. But I'm I'm happy that you're gonna. I'll let you explain that in a second. I am very happy that you said he was right because there's this moment that I felt like we were turning into like the QAnon of Football Manager for here, and we were just gonna be throwing out conspiracy theories for you, and you're gonna be like, no, no, none of this is true. No, that's honestly uh, that, that's like what what a lot of my conversations turn into when I like sit and hang out with some some people of the Discord server or whatever. Is they just and this is what it's funny because this is what I do when I sit down with the people at SI or Miles or the guy that makes the match engine, Nick Madden. I will I'll just do the same thing. I just start taking all these theories that I've had forever and just throwing them right at them, you know, one after the other, and and just bouncing the answers back off. But yes, yeah, so the match engine is built for the AI and humans are much more reactive than the AI. The AI is much more structured, structured it thinks analytically. Uh, so the, the AI makes changes based off of very, very specific things. It's predictable levers of things that are changing. So when humans are playing each other, uh, the things that are being done are not what the match engine was built for. Um, I, I'm not gonna be able to explain this nearly as well as the, the guys um at, at si but there's you would almost have to if you wanted to make a completely viable online way to play the game pvp you would you would have to create like a different match engine that had a different set of physics and interactions between the numbers and what's actually happening on the field to 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 balance out the fact that humans playing each other i mean just doing some crazy stuff and you don't make decisions based off of uh, what, like, all the AI sees is numbers. And so when I move my winger from support to attack, the AI sees that and makes some tiny little adjustment to try and stop it. I won't notice that most of the time. And if I do, I'm not going to make the same adjustment every time. And so the match engine is just not built for humans playing each other, which is a football manager should never be an eSport just kind of because of that. So that's it. That's that, that, that backs up. Your theory. I had a conversation less than a week ago about this very topic with people that know what they're talking about, and you are right. It goes, it goes all the way to the top. It's it's a conspiracy. There we go. It's uh, it's the new world order of football manager. That doesn't mean it's not fair. Like 
Eddie, that was still terrible what what you did in that Premier League. I'm not I'm not defending that, right? But this, this was a long time. This is I will say this was this was my senior year of high school, and it was probably responsible for a very significant drop in my grades. Uh, I got deep into, I got uh, from the Blackburn Rovers message board that I was a part of. Someone started this 20 team Premier League file with, and then you would just randomly assigned your team when you joined and you were good to go. And it was amazingly fun in the sense that obviously, I guess one of the advantages you have as a human player is once you are aware of who the wonder kids are, who the affordable players are, all those kind of things up against the computer, you kind of have that edge. Whereas once you stick all these human players in, for the most part, people start off the game kind of going for all the same people, assuming they've played the game a little bit. Uh, so from that perspective, it took a lot more thought and a lot more time. Obviously, I didn't do that well because I was terrible. Um, but I mean, I still, even though I literally, I remember getting my first draw in February and being over the moon, feeling like it was a real achievement. And uh and went down. I think I ended up having nine points when I was relegated and oh felt like it was a hard <laughs> luck story. I, I, I didn't really feel like I was that bad. Um, I've significantly improved in at football manager in the sort of 15 years since then, but. No, I, I mean, like there's also, it's kind of going uphill with the, the morale in the game. Once you start to lose, once you lose, it's the same as in real life, but once you lose the minds it literally doesn't matter what you do. You, there's nothing you can do. You need to get lucky, basically. So you try and set yourself up to get lucky. But yeah, that I made. I think I made a video. The most important thing in Football Manager is the dynamics because there's only one thing other than putting a tactic together where there's like 10 strikers and no defenders. There is only one thing that can just guarantee you are probably going to lose every game. And that's the morale of the players. Yeah, and, and and you don't know Eddie too and well. And so your advice—he's he's not much of a, of a morale booster. So I can see, <laughs> <laughs> I can see once Eddie got down, there was no hope in his team getting some encouraging speeches from him. <laughs> you're, you're forgetting this was this was teenage. This was this was sixteen year old me, right? So, so is this was... is this also the year that you told us the story on on a couple episodes ago when you got caught drinking, got kicked off the soccer team? Did this, also, did this also contribute to your, this was to, your one year to your morale drop? You one year kicked later. off the real soccer team and then your football manager team is suffering. <laughs> no, that was that was a year this was a year after that that down the 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 real career had already fallen apart by the time the <laughs> the football manager career stalled. Um but no, it was it was I mean it, here's the thing is I agree with you in the sense it was so hectic, incredibly difficult to organize, trying to get I think the rule we had was that 15 people had to be online for it for us to be able to play. Um, and so that was already one of the issues is getting 15 people to be online at the same time, a nightmare, particularly getting 15 people to be online, online at the same time in 2005. Very different to, you know, maybe a little bit easier now. And then uh, you just... It would take forever, for example. We'd use if more than 50% of people would click continue to allow it to advance. But sometimes you would sit there for 45 minutes having nothing to do while everyone else was trying to negotiate contracts and stuff. Yeah, there is no good way to play multiplayer football manager that is time efficient in like a full career mode. There just isn't. Because there's always somebody that's got to go sign 20 scouts and nobody else has anything to do in the meantime. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. The the three person file we start every year. We've kind of got like a pretty good set of rules that we try and coordinate with each other, which is fairly respectful. It only falls apart when someone gets sacked and like goes to a new club, new seat, like mid season, or takes a new job, and then everything goes out the window because they got to start everything, start again. Um, I would say three, from my experience now, is pretty much the maximum that I could handle uh, before it just becomes just a total mess. Yeah, that's why the people that are like, hey, do you want to do an online save with like, I think the, the idea I had is because I have like 5,000 people in the Discord server now. And then so there'd be somebody that, oh, there's all these people here. Let's get like, you know, every team and every league. I'm like, are you? Really? That would be amazing. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, you, should, be you should do it. No, but you should do one video where you do it and just watch the world burn. Go like one day. And then all of a sudden, the dude in Malaysia's computer's gone down, and that, you know, it's, it would be a travesty. <laughs> oh, you got to do it. You got to do it for at least two hours. Come on. You just got to see. Yeah, just two hours would be one day. So, yeah, yeah. I There's just no to way see it would last two hours. There's no way. Do one day. Yeah. Uh, every single person. So, every team in football manager is like, what, 60 leagues? 60 leagues and uh an average 60 countries probably an average of 30 to 40 um probably an average of like 30 to 40 teams per country uh, i think that's 2400 teams um so let's do it 2400 people at setting up the first day in football manager would take two hours I'd love it. I'd love to see it. I'd also like to see because you know everyone would be using the same short list for staff and players and stuff. So that moment you had that one continue, it would just be a flood of messages of like other clubs being interested in someone, other other clubs putting in a bid. I I just it would be a, obviously totally not feasible, but it would just to see how badly it would go would be entertaining. Yeah, I'm always I'm always just thinking of the like the mega server who's hosting as well. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with FM is it, it, it's hosted locally. So all of the 2,400 computers will be communicating with each other. I'm pretty sure we'd have a bigger P, P2P network than Bitcoin at that point if we were working oh. on that type of there thing. There you go. You could, you could, and you could use Bitcoin to fund the transfers. You could actually have real life, you know, like cryptocurrencies, create your own. Yeah. Football manager blockchain. Exactly. Yeah. Zealand coin, you know, you could, oh boy. this could be your next step. <laughs> oh, man. That if you need more ideas, just come our way. It's fine. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. It'd just be so painful. It's one of those things. I got to be really bored to do that video. You know, I got to be sitting there like, oh, okay, I can't watch this. I can't watch any more office on the, on Netflix. I got to get up. and. <laughs> so, so talking about your videos, how much, thought are you putting into your videos before you do them i mean are you writing a full script are you like editing the script are you kind of going off the cuff a little bit like how much prep work is there into each video you do before you actually get on the screen the most will be a one page long list of bullet points with sub bullet points the least will literally be sit down lights on turn on the camera go um the last one i filmed was that because the idea just kind of offers the script in itself. And so I'll just sit down. I come up with the intros on the spot. I really never pre-plan those. I just like something just comes to me and then I do that. And it's kind of become part of my brand. Um, if anybody's listening, the vast majority probably have no idea who I am and haven't seen these videos. 
uh, the, I do like a minute long intro that is usually some sort of comedy sketch and then it plays like a Zealand thing and then gets into the actual content of the video. I don't know how that started, but now if I didn't do it, there would be riots in the streets. Um, so I, I do it. I come up with that on the spot and then just uh, sort of like the video I filmed last time, I just sit down, uh, I turn the camera on, start recording, record a screen capture at the same time for on screen B-roll and just go. And I'll, I'll like, I'll make mistakes. I'll, I'll be, I'll, you know, film a 15, 20 second piece and then say something to Reese about how I want it like edited or how I see it in my mind. Like that, you know, we could do this with that. Um, and it's just this flow of consciousness, like consciousness through, I used to film it a different way, but we switched the way we film videos kind of the time that he went full time. I used to film it in like 20 second segments, but I I'm not, somebody that pre-plans it too much. I don't script every word that I say. I don't really get close. Uh, most of the time that I write up a script, I won't actually open it while I'm filming. Just the act of writing the script lines my thoughts up and then I can go. Um, but I, I think that a lot of the best stuff comes when like all those little jokes that I make that probably have made all the difference between me just kind of going on with my life without making any money from the internet and being a full-time YouTuber is probably those little random things that just you know, I've always been kind of a spaz. Things just pop into my head and I say them and you can't do that with a script, I guess. That makes sense. You actually touched on another point because I was interested to see what the dynamic was then with your editor in terms of, does he have license to kind of put things together as he sees fit? But you, yeah. you, you sort of answered that in the process. He's so funny. He's so funny. He, he now, I mean, we've spent so many hours on it. He will... I would use, I just don't even tell him I'll film an intro. And I mean, some of these intros that I film when you actually see the raw footage are so conceptual. Like you have no, you almost have no idea what's happening. Like I'm having a conver I'm having a three-way conversation, right? I'm playing three different characters and I will film it. Like I'll film all one character, all the next character, all the next oh, okay. put it together. Like, you know, because I have to go put a hat on or something, some stupid, like, Ushanka, or I've got, like, the Colombian characters, Lando Escobar, I put on, like, huge shades and a big wig, and um, he will just put it together. I, and I almost don't want to tell him at this, at this point, because he'll put it together, and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, he sends it to me, I'm like, that's it. Yeah, if it's and, working. Yeah, and so... We, we, we have a flow. I trust him enough to where sometimes I don't even review videos. If I've got a huge school project or something. He'll finish editing it and I'll just be like, cool, put it up. And he'll, he'll put it up and then I'll like put the thumbnail on and write the, write everything. And I, I don't want to even watch it. That, but the, you know, I, I essentially trust him with my life. I've put out five or six videos. That I've literally never seen the finished product of because That's I trust him so much. It's a very close relationship with someone that you have never met. It's great. It is very yeah. impressive. Yeah, I mean, we talk all the time, so it's not weird, but I guess it's just that it's internet plus COVID equals new experience. Yeah. And then one other thing I had to ask, because you kind of start with pretty random teams for your videos for the, 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 What's your process? I know that, for example, I've seen at the moment, there's the kind of the craze of the random shirt. I don't know if you've seen this, the like random kit you can order online and they, they mail you, you, you pay, I think it's 
35 pounds or something and they're going to send you a random shirt of some team from around the world and whichever one turns up that's your team for the year it's kind of the way they're doing it what's your process for picking the teams that you you end up with random inspiration uh so the the first save i did that was relevant on a large scale was the bate save which is a team in belarus I won the Champions League with them in, in nine years, which requires a lot of luck for things to go that well, but that's beside the point. Um, I was watching a, I was a history major in undergrad. I was watching a World War II documentary, same one on Netflix for the nth time. I mean, I just throw that stuff on and eat it for breakfast. And there is an episode in World War II in color called the Soviet Steamroller. And I was like, it's great. I'm going to do a save called the Soviet Steamroller and try and win Europe. I, I don't know. And so I, what, what are the Soviet countries in the base game, the former Soviet countries in the base game? It would be Belarus, Ukraine, Russia. So I start the stream, and I pull up a random number generator, one, two, three. Hit the random number generator. Belarus was two. I get Belarus. I go to the country. I don't want to start in the second flight of Belarus because that would take forever. And that's just, you see, this is the avoiding the pain portion. Like I just didn't want to start in the second tier of Belarus. And so top tier of Belarus, um, how many teams? I have football manager open right now. Uh, 16 teams, of course I do. Uh, 16 teams, or so one through 16, hit it. Number pops up, Bate. That, that's how I, I've picked uh, my save. And, and that's how I picked Chinedos. I knew I wanted to manage in South America. And I didn't want to manage in Brazil or Argentina because that felt dirty. I, don't, I know in Brazil, you have to play like 70 matches a year. So I just didn't want to do that. And so I picked Colombia. They were the third best league. And unfortunately, I put the top league and the second tier in the same thing. And I got, I got literally the worst team in the country on the random number generator. But I guess that balances out because Bate was really good relatively. Uh, but I, I sometimes will come up with some sort of plan. But I think people typically really overthink what save they're going to do. I, I think that if I was playing in Hong Kong, we would still have a wonderful time. And it would be yeah. a lot of fun. And I would enjoy it. I know there's certain people that like you got to manage in England every year, and that's great because it's a video game. Do whatever the heck you want. But in terms of streaming it, there's there's something fun about being everywhere, except for South Africa. There's like nothing fun about managing in South Africa and FM. What just, like the Kaiser Chiefs, or I'm trying to think of the other teams there. <laughs> so because they're the only league in Africa, there's like no continental competition to 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 experience. You know, every other league you have this huge continental competition, and in Africa, it's like you have you're playing no full team, and you're super poor. The South African League, they're like all in debt. It's like the championship in England. They are all in debt. Or at League One, I think, is probably more accurate. In the National League, they're all in debt too. It's just all in debt. Every <laughs> every league. They they all need to Ryan Reynolds to come in and buy them. <laughs> or me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's is that your future hope? Obviously, there's a history of YouTube uh, YouTubers moving on to like sponsoring football clubs. Is that one of your one of your ambitions? I mean, when I was a little kid, and still now, I was always confused why people didn't want to be just really rich. I feel like that's kind of an American thing, too. Like, you just, you go, what do you want to be when you grow up? A billionaire. Yay. Okay. Um, 
but yeah of, of course you talk about it with your friends you're like yeah, it'd be awesome to just buy a team and like football manager you know can i curse on this i honestly i beat yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, officially it's, explicit okay football man football manager the shit out of it like i would buy a team and i would literally play football manager with an actual club and hopefully it would go well uh but yeah i talk talk i've, I've talked about that before i don't think youtube would would get you there i spence is great i know spence and him and hashtag united that's just a super cool thing i don't know if i'm down for them like the ninth tier of england as fun as that is um, but I, I mean, that, that brings up the point though. you don't have to own the team, but do you ever foresee this kind of transitioning into an actual manager spot for a sport, you, you know, being like a, a more analytics driven general manager for, it doesn't even have to even be, you know, you know, uh, European football it could be American football, baseball, like you said, you know, it can be pretty analytic heavy, things like that. Yeah. I, I get asked this a lot. Do you think you would be a, like a good coach or do you think somebody should hire you uh, or like some small team somewhere would take some weird flyer on me as like a coach? Um, no, I don't think I would be a good coach because there are certain things in football manager that you just press a button and kind of let go. Um, I, I do feel like I could handle the putting the players together. I feel like I can handle putting the tactics together. I obviously could handle the budget part of it. I don't know how to run training. Like I, on football manager, you set up the training and you go overall outfield attacking. I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, and then it improves your players this much. I don't know how to go out on the field and like lay the cones down and be like, all right, boys, this is what we're doing. I, you know, I don't know how to do that. There are just certain things in football manager that don't translate at all. I think that's one of them. If you wanted to have me as like an analyst, just like scout players or break down how they're influencing the game. Yeah. I might have a shot at that, but actually being the head coach of a team, I have literally no shot. Well, we're, do real like quick, that. Eddie, right. Real quick, Eddie, before you jump in, I'm going to, I'm going to poke to bear a little bit. You told us you're from Tampa and you say you, you wouldn't be a good coach. Would you have taken Blake Snell out of game six of the world series? So you warned me you were going to ask about this, and I forgot about it, which was good for my PTSD, but now we're back. So, uh, World Game 6, Blake Snow gives up a second hit with one out and sixth inning gets pulled. Not surprised it happened at all. Super raised thing to do. Analytically the right decision. But the issue is you bring Anderson in. It's the guy that ended up coming into the game. And all Anderson is thinking about was, you know, is this the right move? This is kind of weird. I don't like, that's all he's thinking about. That's all everybody on the field's thinking about. The Dodgers are jumping around in the dugout. Like, yeah, we got him out of the game. You know, so even though the analytics say, take him out of the game, right? He's likely to give up a run in this situation. And maybe a little, maybe even over 50%. And Anderson is obviously much less than 50% going to give up the run. But mentally, Anderson is not normal Anderson. The Dodgers are not the normal, the team that my team is playing against, they're not the normal Dodgers. They're now excited, optimistic, where before they were anything but. Anderson is distracted. Blake Snell is all pissed off in the dugout, so the entire Rays team is sitting there going, well, maybe this wasn't the right decision. So the, the mental aspect of the game completely changes, which the analytics in that situation don't account for. Now, in a regular season game, that mental switch doesn't happen because it's the regular season. But when your entire season in a championship that everybody will remember forever is on the line, that mental that, that mental factor is freaking massive. And I think when you can 
figure out a way there's no sample size at all for this to work that into analytics somewhat they're going to be perfect but right now they're not perfect because that's the one thing that you can't really factor for it's undeniable i mean look at anderson's face when he's coming into the game that and he's coming in with a runner on and one out in the sixth inning of a world series that they have to win and he's cold you know he's throwing his first in the top of the lineup right he's throwing his first pitch to the best player on the other team <laughs> i would be really nervous <laughs> like, but Blake Snell. I hope you would be. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great arm in sixth grade. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <sighs> yeah, but that 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 uh, I would not have done it for that reason. They say I, you wouldn't be a bad coach. <laughs> maybe, but I still, you know, I don't know how to teach Blake Snell to throw curveball. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting point. Um, so, I mean, basically, in a sense, you've described that you'd be a good director of football. Basically, it's kind of your dream position in a way. I do like the idea of you walking out onto the training pitch, though, and just your just shouting like overall to them yeah. as their sort of training instructions for the screaming day. the most basic commands like today yeah. you're going to do some passing and attacking yeah. and then just walking <laughs> off, just being like job done. We've nailed training today. That's, that's yeah so that would be my meeting with the managers like all right plus we are going to we're going to do attacking today and then attacking set pieces today have fun and then just leave and that like yeah. you figure out what exactly we're doing yeah that would be nice i it, it, yeah it would, and then your your I, team talk yeah i don't think my my dreams would go in that direction i think that would be like a kind of guilty pleasure so i guess before while we've kind of still got you and just to kind of round off the actual football manager itself discussion what's kind of one i guess you in a way you talked about it with you want any improvements you wanted in terms of the player manager relationships and even in the match engine what's one improvement you'd like to see in football manager that you don't think is getting the attention it deserves and not as a criticism of them because obviously that's it's a huge challenge to improve the game year on year and and as someone who's played football manager myself now for you know such a long time i do feel like every year unlike say something like fifa every year i do actually enjoy the new version and they deserve tremendous credit for that fact but what is kind of the one thing you wish if you had sort of strategic control of their planning you would want them to get done right i i mean i'm not one of them i'm more than happy to criticize them like i just know them now when before i really enjoyed talking about how i'd literally never talked to them before they finally like we sat down and talked a bunch um but yeah, i'm more than happy to say when they do annoying things um the, the they definitely milk features like some of the feature releases that they drop are just the most irrelevant things of all you know the the tiniest tweak in wording or something and they're like oh this is a new feature i'm like come on man really but if i had to introduce one thing into the game that i i don't i i need a bigger sample size going forward but uh, there are no dribble moves in the game. You've got fancy shots, you have fancy passes, you even have fancy saves, animations, and a bunch, you even have fancy celebrations. You got people running around like this after scoring a goal, flapping their like chicken wings or whatever. And, um, you know, in the newest game, they're even going to taunt the crowd after scoring it. You have no dribble moves at all in the game. They, they just, they've just not added dribble move animations. So in terms of a practical thing, I think they could just get done next year. Add some stepovers. Add a little, add a little shake. Add some bake. You know, a little bob and weave. Like, uh, flick. You know, meg somebody. Like, I, I want to see that. 
I know that the numbers just said he gets by him, but maybe the numbers could say he gets by him with flair, you know, and then he gets by him with like, instead of just running around him, he absolutely cooks him and like steals his firstborn or something. I would love to add that in the game. Uh, and it's just not right now. That that seems feasible. Other than the fact that the dream game is football manager and FIFA combined, you know, I'm thinking reasonably here would be add dribble moves. Everything else is in the game, but right now people just teleport through the other person when they beat them off the dribble. They just... Yeah, I mean, I guess what you really missed out on, EA did release a version of, they released the kind of football manager, their own com sort of competitor of, of uh, football manager itself. I think it lasted for two or three seasons for a while where they were really investing time into it. One of the things I liked about it was you're able to spend money. Like you, you would earn your money and then you were able to like buy a nicer house and buy a car. You couldn't do anything with them, but you would like, then it would just show you going into your nicer house, which kind of justified obviously another thing in football manager. I know that having a higher salary fundamentally increases your job safety because it makes it more expensive for a team to sack you. But aside from that, it has, Sort of okay. no benefit now that's a pretty substantial one but it is one of those weird things you go to negotiate your contract and i'm always torn as to like am i better off taking a lower contract so that i don't hurt my club at, but run the risk then of obviously being more sackable in the process yeah i mean the really if you wanted to play it a real hardo style you know you're not going to get fired just take a one dollar salary that's why i always just accept normally i negotiate up or down fastidiously but in the manager's salary, I just hit accept. Whatever they offer, I'm just taking it. I don't want to make it any worse than it has to be. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to like ruin the game in the process. And then I've got two quick fire. I'm going to tell you my personal, the two, the two football manager experiences I've had in my life that stand out to me the most. I once lost a friendship over football manager in another multiplayer game. Uh, I was the manager of Blackburn Rovers. I was also England manager. I, and maybe we can quickly touch on the fact that international management probably needs a little bit of attention. But, and my friend was Charlton manager. We, this was back in 2008. We were both in the Premier League. I'd won the league. He'd finished third or fourth. And uh, Joe Cole was one of his key players. I refused to take Joe Cole to the World Cup because he was too old for my commitment to having a young England squad. And he stopped speaking to me as a result of that. Do you think you could take a file so seriously that, uh, an in-game incident could ruin a friendship. No, never. I, th this goes back to like, it's a game. It's a game. You it's know. your job now, though. You know, you've taken it beyond just the game status. But like, whether I get paid or not is not determined by whether I win that particular match, you know, on like on, on stream, right? It, so it, it's different than being like a professional player or like, yeah, I've got a score. I'm not going to get paid. But it, it, so it is my job, but it's it, it's it's a game. It's designed to be fun. And if you don't want to take Joe Cole to the World Cup, I'm not going to hate you for it. It's, that's <laughs> someone did. Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, someone did. Literally didn't. Speak. Eddie, I, wait. I, I love Eddie. That <laughs> I thought the story because I had never heard the story. I thought it was going to be like you beat him, and there was some allegation of cheating or something, but that for that know. to be the reason that you didn't take his player to the World Cup is such a good reason. It's so petty. I love it. <laughs> well, the, the best aspect of it was in the build-up to the World Cup as I was kind of getting close to picking the squad. It was actually, in a way, the most realistic football manager has probably ever been to me because we were in adjacent dorm rooms, 
And he came into my room to sort of petition me and tell me why Joe Cole should be included in my England squad. It was like a very realistic moment, you know, kind of getting a phone call from Jose Mourinho telling you how he's a certain player's in form and he deserves the call up. And uh, I kind of told him, no, he's too old. I think at the time he was, you know, he was just, I kind of had a cutoff point of around 27, 28, because it was the only way I kind of enjoyed my international career was to keep it as a kind of young, constant turnover. And I would say we argued, and I wasn't really arguing, but he was arguing for maybe four hours in person before I eventually just like went to the screen and selected my squad and excluded Joe Cole. And then that was it. That's insane. I mean, that that is, that's patently insane. But that, do you remember who you selected over Joe Cole? Well, I did. So I kind of, I kind of, uh, you took an older person, didn't you? No, I didn't, but I did take a player from just to really annoy him. I selected a young player from my own reserve squad and just sent him to the world cup instead to kind of try and prove a point and be a massive asshole in the process. Um, but worked. It worked, and I ended up using that player. He scored a couple goals. I mean, it admittedly, it was probably against Trinidad and Tobago or something. I can't remember. And he was swiftly removed from from the squad as soon as more important matches came up. But yeah, mission accomplished in terms of really annoying another manager. He was on. If I'd gone been able to look at the kind of description of me, you know, on like favorite personnel or people who disliked me, it would have actually been him. He actually he actually lives down in Australia now, so he couldn't have moved further away if he tried. Yeah, I'm probably the the main reason. And then the second, and this is a little bit more of a downer, and I don't want to make light of the situation that occurred. But the other, the only other time we've had a, I've had a really big sort of heated football manager debate. And again, not to make Robert Anka, who very sadly uh, committed suicide. uh, We had a situation, and again, it's very awful to laugh because it's not funny from that perspective. But we had a file in which Robert Enka was being used by one of the, he was the goalkeeper of one of the players. And he obviously, he died. And we had this very long debate as to whether or not it was more like ethically correct for him to continue to use Robert Enka as his goalkeeper now that he'd actually died in real life. And it was, we didn't really come to a solid conclusion that we all agreed on, but it was, it was very complicated. Use him. Uh, there's no like there's no come on if you really want i like i'm playing in belarus my entire team could have died to bus crash and i probably wouldn't heard about it like they didn't but it's a video (laughs) game right and you go with the database at the beginning of the year and it'd be an interesting number actually the database got like 360,000 people in it like the beginning of the year 360,000 people give or take a few thousand there's like definitely a few of those people that don't make it to the end of the year for whatever reason that's just like one of those eerie facts to think about yeah they should do people they should do it like the oscars at the end of the yeah like the immemorium immemorium of football (laughs) manager yeah you when you launch the new version you just have to sit through this like five minute little slideshow of the players who passed away including regens maybe they'll throw that in where they'll just like tell you about some of your regens who died, which is to me the interesting. I think you had a video on this, which I haven't watched yet. I will say where you talk, you were talking about will COVID be included in this file? Um, it's always intrigued me that they haven't actually included. Uh, I guess you'd feel really hard done by, but sort of off the field incidents that would have more of an impact on a player's career. 
they kind of i know a player will be seen out late a lot of the time that's kind of the only that's the most extreme it goes to is it fundamentally hinting at your player being an alcoholic but aside from that it very much keeps the off the field aspect of the game separate from footballing career yeah it does and um, i think it's by design they want to create an escape they want to create a fantasy world that you can go into and not have to deal with this why covid's not in the game a lot of the effects that covid's had on the sporting world are in the game different schedule reduced budgets those sorts of things but the actual disease is not in the game uh and i i think why that's why you, you want to create a fantasy world that people can get away from so if you have you know your star young striker dies in a car accident well that's just not like you know that's just not fun for in football <laughs> manager you like <laughs> you just don't want to deal with that and, you know, if you're making a game like this, you got to worry about, well, what if this person's like significant other or parent or something died in a crack? So you could sue them for emotional distress. I mean, you really don't want to get involved in that Fair level point. of realism. Uh, but players, so players can get caught out late and they can come out as gay. That's all like, that's all they can do kind of off the field. Oh, wait, the, is, is the coming out as gay? Is that that's new? Yeah, that, I haven't seen that in the game for two years. Not super common. And it just gives you a small boost in your revenue and then nothing else happens. So that I will say, I, I mean, I've played the files that I said so that one file, we all start together. I, I played maybe 30 seasons and then plus some additional game time. So I've kind of gone fairly deep. I've never had a player come out as gay. I've never, I've never had a player come out as gay, but it is in the base game and happens just every once in a while. I mean, how many players in the world of soccer have come out as gay isn't it like basically nobody so it's this, yeah. you're not talking about a common experience there are things in football manager that you will never know are there because they're just so rare they don't happen to you even if you i play two thousand hours of football manager a year and i've never had a player come out as gay hmm. that's fascinating i literally had no idea that was a, a, a sort of not a feature but a a possibility yeah, that would be a weird one to see on Steam, wouldn't it? You know, in the new features. Oh, like an achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've officially turned a player. <laughs> oh, boy. No, that would, that would be, that would be, that would be funny. That's more of like FM meme territory, though. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, wow, that's something to look forward to. And then I guess just because I think we'll probably have a few people listening who you kind of touched on a little bit, but main tips if you're trying to get into the game or if you are struggling what would be your kind of three things that you absolutely think someone should do to make themselves better apart from obviously what you already mentioned in terms of paying attention to your scouting right uh so no, it's the three things you got to do to be better uh one is to learn the generic ways to interact with players that make your life easier this this goes back to the morale because you're going to have players that come up to you with a bunch of different requests for things and you, you now my eye can just kind of like pick up and i'm sure yours can too they pick up the automatic response and you just like fire it off when you start the game you've got to you've got to read all of the stuff and you got to learn the best ways to respond because it is pretty easy to keep your team happy but if you accidentally click the wrong thing it can actually snowball and sink the whole titanic if you do it the wrong way and so many times when i go into fixing saves that's what's happened i'm like why is this guy mad about playing time and they're like oh i wanted him to sign i'm just like you, you have you, you're only spending half your wage budget give him a little more money and reduce his like playing time request and you're fine that sort of stuff 
uh, and being able to manage the morale. The second thing uh, is always tactics. And this is just because, you know, I already talked about scouting. Uh, in, it's not necessarily having the best tactic in the world. It's just having one that's not incredibly dumb. It's having one that's balanced and gives you an opportunity. I'm not nearly the best person at making tactics to win in FM, but you don't necessarily, if your tactic gives you a chance, you can do all these other things to actually win the game. All you need to do is not be getting absolutely destroyed by the tactics of the other team. Like you're playing three at the back and they're, you know, they have two wingers on attack that are just eating you alive the entire game. You should be able to adjust to that. This is all kind of like the entry level stuff and then the third would be player evaluation this is probably the single most important thing in the game to succeeding is knowing when to sign somebody and not and the, the attributes are super overwhelming there's i don't even know how many of them and you see all of them and they're color-coded and you go uh, how do i know which guy is better go to the comparison screen go up to the top there's a comparison screen compare the two players and it will literally show you a bar on each attribute and in the bottom right of that screen you can click and click the position and it will highlight the attributes that are most relevant for what you're asking that person to do that will save you so much brain power and make the game so much easier for you if you just know that it's there and now you do so oh perfect hopefully that oh, saves i'm ready a few to start people. now <laughs> yeah there you go now, frank now i've got a head start on every other beginner <laughs> We'll have to give you an update. We'll, we'll get you a new copy of the game and we'll see. You can tell us in a few months if you've actually managed to play more than about 35 minutes. <laughs> I'll just open it up a bunch of times like he did at first, but never get into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's honestly, that's why I started making videos, helping people to get into the game because I couldn't. I guess that's just about everything. I mean, we covered a lot of topics. So thanks a lot for, for taking the time to, to speak with us. It was interesting and i'm sure there's some tips there that's going to help people help people to get better yeah thank you guys for for having me on this has been a very fun uh hour and change yeah yeah we really appreciate it yeah it's good fun yeah thanks a lot yep and i guess if you want to give yourself a plug just for anyone who's not familiar oh, yeah. i mean just type in zealand on twitch and youtube i i never liked the plugs i I'm, I'm i'm some guy that came on the podcast to talk about a bunch of stuff and hopefully you made it this far all right yeah, well we'll put, we'll put some plugs in description so anyway <laughs> they'll get to see they'll get to see them there <laughs> all, right. Right. all right thanks a lot thanks have a good one Carry out.